hello, welcome back to another episode of No Funk and Strictly Bunk, and the only podcast that thinks that you can't wear funk after Labor Day. I am one of your co-hosts, Jake Christie, joined as always by Andre Pereira. Andre, how are you? Hey, Jake. Uh, I'm good, man. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I mean, I'm doing better than Monk was when he got his badge back, let me tell you that. Yeah, yeah, no, it was, uh, you know, I'm glad that... yeah, I I like the episode a lot, but I do kind of wish it didn't happen like right at the end, right before. I mean, yes, I but I think that I think it's kind of the loose end they need to tie up just generally. Like I think that yeah. they needed to actually explore it. And the thing I like about it because we joked about it a lot because obviously in the beginning of the show, the show is much more about him wanting his badge back. Mm-hmm. I feel like we kept joking about how like it actually would suck. He wouldn't, you know, it would not work out well. And I do like that the episode because I feel like another version of this show. The finale involves him getting his badge back in the stories, and then he became a cop for the rest of the time. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, I guess I, I feel I'm of two minds about it all, really. Mm-hmm. And those minds are? You can't just say that. <laughs> oh, no. Well, like, yeah, like, I, I kind of do wish, like, we would have gotten a little bit to see him, like, you know, on the streets. Uh, sure. And stuff. But then, yeah, I, I did kind of forget that he is, like, a disaster, and it actually wouldn't be that great. No, exactly. Time. I think that uh, the thing I think is that I only think it could sustain an episode because only I think you only would be willing to t- believe one episode of them just letting it. Out. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's it couldn't keep going for more than an episode. He already almost gets in a fight, and you know, yeah, like it's, it's it's he just couldn't function. You know, um, as a police officer. But um, we'll get to that. Let's be start off. With uh, Stavon and Disher in Summer's office, and uh, the waiting for Monk to come in because they have a, an announcement to make. Yeah, they have an announcement, and uh, obviously it's going to be uh, taken the wrong way mm-hmm. uh, it, on purpose for comedic effect. But basically, they're there to tell him that uh, I guess the mayor and a review committee or something. Yeah, the review they, board. Yeah, yeah, they they met about Monk's case again, and uh, and they decided they don't want him to be. Um, they don't want him to be a consultant uh, anymore. A consultant anymore. They, but you know, Monk, you know, immediately leaves upon hearing this. Um, but he's not there to hear the rest of it, which is basically that they don't want him as a consultant because they want him back in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it's very much a like. Stalmer should have saw that coming. Like that's just don't be coy. It's good news. Um, you know, it's uh, it's honestly like, kind of like the literal doctor on Rest of Development with uh, your son is all right. Oh, thank God. Oh, no, he lost his left hand, so he's all right. You know, like, don't be literal. Just say what you mean. And he was attacked by a loose seal. He was attacked by a loose seal. Oh, man, great stuff. Um, And so, yeah, Disher pulls, he has a box, and in the box, what's in the box? In the box yeah, is yeah. a badge. Yeah, his badge is back, and he's, you know, he's he's ready. It, it seems like he's ready. Um, And so, yeah, it's it's... It's bittersweet because it's like, yeah, man, like finally, like our boy is back. The boys are back in town, but yeah, I mean, we know there's two episodes left, so we're not. It's gonna be short-lived joy. And I think the whole thing is, I think that the the spiel that Doctor Bell goes on is, I think, correct. In that, Monk, the idea of becoming a cop again was obviously much more important than actually the reality of it. You know what I mean? Because I think that they don't really explore it, and they don't really explore it the next episode because the next episode's about the end. But the the thing that's interesting to me is about how it's clear that 
the reason why Monk wanted to be a cop again is not because he wanted to do the things that cops do. It's because he wanted to feel like he was back to normal. You know what I mean? That, like, that, yeah. that him, that was the one part of his life that he couldn't get back to some normalcy on. And then when he sees it, it's like, oh, no, this, I, he realizes he doesn't actually need it, which I think is very, uh, they don't, like I said, they don't explore it a lot, but I think is a good thing to tie up in the last season. Yeah, yeah, and, uh, and Dr. Bell puts it, like, pretty, uh, succinctly yeah. when he, yeah, later and we'll get, to we'll get to it. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. Yeah, but everyone in the station is cheering for him because you know they're all rooting for him. Because even though he's a nightmare, he is like you know the best detective alive. So um, you know, uh, they, he says, "Welcome back, detective." Cut the theme song. Cut back. He's getting ready for. He's getting ready for work. You know, he's got roll call at eight thirty. Yeah, you know he he's very excited and he's like you know it's kind of like how excited he was. What like a few episodes? What was he gonna do? Was it? It wasn't the camping one, right? No, um, what was he doing a few episodes ago that he was super excited about? Um, I mean, there was the bit where... Oh, it was, the... it, was about, it was about before he was going to get to the review board. Yeah, 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 Exactly, yeah, yeah, So yeah. he, uh, he thinks he's dreaming, so he pinches Natalie, which I think is a good bit. Um, but, mm-hmm. uh, and he for, first forgets his lunch, then his gun. Um, but there's a good, a little note about the gun. Uh, oh, Natalie, that she shined all the bullets. She polished the bullets. You don't want to get yeah, she, killed. Yeah, Dirty Harry definitely uh, worked in the Bay Area, but this is no Dirty Harry. He's no, well, no, yeah, Dirty Harry purposely put like staff infection on his bullets. Um, Did he really? No, um, but you know, oh, okay, it, it doesn't sound not incorrect. You know, um, I've never seen the movie, so I can't. Neither have I. It. Yeah, it's one of those, there's certain types of movies that, like, I understand that they're classics or whatever, but when it's like, a police officer paints outside the law, it's like, no, I'm okay. <laughs> I don't need it. I've I, seen I don't... it enough. Yeah, yeah, it's like, I have, I've seen the, uh, the news. Um, anyway, uh, he's Detective First Class Adrian Monk, um, which is nice, because I think you can imagine a version of this where he gets to be a cop again, but he has to be, like, a beat cop, and I just don't think it'd be funny. Um, and, uh, Monk stops in the doorway, though, because he realizes that he's gonna miss Natalie. Yeah, I guess you know her services are no longer needed, um, and yeah, it's 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 so weird because I, I kind of know that it's not gonna last, so I can't like actually be sad about it, um, mm-hmm. but I know that that's what they're going for. Um, of course, well, like yeah. yeah, exactly, of course. Um, and you know, the, she tries to do the whole thing of like this isn't goodbye, we'll talk all the time, which you know, it wasn't true when uh, certain high school friends said it, and it's not true that Natalie's saying it. Um, and, uh, yeah, but he ends up, uh, you know, get, well, for, she also mentioned that she has an interview with, uh, Jim Paxton, uh, who is apparently a concert promoter. Yeah, he's Bill Paxton's brother, uh, he made it real big in the record industry, and, mm-hmm. uh, and... You know, he's yeah. actually, it's actually the alter ego of, uh, Major League Baseball pitcher James Paxton, um... Oh, okay, the big, the Maple Leaf, the big Yeah, exactly. Maple? Something uh, like that? I don't know, I just know that he's a guy, and he's Canadian. Um, but yeah... So, uh, they give a hug, and, um, then Monk goes into work. You know, he's coming in, he's, uh, he's at roll oh, call. Oh, and he's, and he's, and he's wearing a tie with his suit. Mm-hmm. He's looking good. He's looking good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he sits down at roll call, and he's so happy, and Stoudemire has an announcement that he announces to the whole crew. Yeah, uh, Detective, uh, Special Detective Monk. Det- uh, back what on is the it? Force. It is, yeah, it's, uh, Detective First Class. Yeah, Detective First Class. Um, yeah, so he's back, and you know everyone seems pretty like stoked for him. I'm sure mm-hmm. they're aware mm-hmm. of his idiosyncrasies, but uh, yeah, they're excited for him to be back. But it doesn't last very long before Stott already wants to fucking murder him. Yeah, well, first and foremost, Mel gets up to give a speech, and then Summer says, "You don't have to give a speech." And I love the way Tony Chill delivers. Oh, thank God! 
Um, but yeah, they're talking about the pickaxe killer, which Randy wants to call the gold rush killer. And I'm going to be honest with you, I'm firmly on Randy's side here. The gold yeah, rush killer yeah. is much cooler. Because it's in San Francisco. If you're a pickaxe killer in, you know, Kalamazoo, Michigan, fine, you're the pickaxe killer. But if you're a pickaxe killer in San Francisco, you've got to be the gold rush killer. Yeah, you know, um, I, I almost want to say that there already is a gold rush killer. Is there not? I'm, there's a golden state killer. Oh, that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the one that um, uh, they caught because of that one book written by Patton Oswalt's late wife. Um, right. Yeah. So, um, apparently they caught a break with a witness who lived down the hall from the last victim. He's very short, late 30s, early 40s, drives a station wagon. Um, and Simon hands out a piece of paper and says, Monk, take one and pass it. And he should have known, you know, that this was not going to go well, but it doesn't go well. Yeah, yeah, he's, like, too busy, like, uh, you know, packing it in on both sides to make sure that they're, like, even and all this crap, and, uh, yeah, it's annoying. Uh, not too long, however. And, no. uh, eventually, yeah, you know, Stock gives the marching orders to everybody. He, he takes one of the papers, he hands it out, you know, start working on, uh, looking at hardware stores within the next 20 miles and all this crap, and, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. A pickaxe also is, like, a horrible way to murder someone, like, because you got to get so much force on the swing in order to, like, make good contact. But at that point, you need so much time to, like, wind up. You know what I mean? You're not – a quick – you can't, like, quick, do quick jabs with a pickaxe, you know, because you're just not getting a force behind it. Um, but, you know, what do I know? Um, Thanks for the advice. I'm just, think, yeah. I'm just thinking about it as a weapon. It's just, like, it's not a good weapon. Um, but it is a good weapon if you want to be, like, famous, you know, I guess. Um, and then we see that out of the storage in the bottom of the building, they got Monk's old desk. Yeah, they got his old desk that uh, comes complete, uh, just the way he left it, uh, complete with, like, I guess a nail stuck in between mm-hmm. two sections that easily allows for a photo to be hung, which he promptly yep. hangs a photo of Trudy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, everything looks pretty up to, up to uh, I mean, like, how it used to be, but mm-hmm. he's in for a rude awakening because, turns out, uh, he's not going to be on the task force. He's actually no. getting, he's getting eased into his service, and uh, mm-hmm. he's going to start by being a desk uh, jockey. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. He's going to be answering phone calls, apparently. Um, and uh, Yeah, the hotline. Exactly. And then he's going to be on the Danny Weaver squad, who's a good guy, apparently. I don't know. That's what Leland says. Um, and uh, Officer DeMarco comes in, a real young whippersnapper who's a big fan of Adrian Monk, who wants to keep one of his wipes as a souvenir, which is gross. Um, but he's there to help Monk set up his computer for logging calls. Yep, he's there to do that, and, uh, you know, Monk, uh, I guess when he left, uh, they, I mean, they must have had computers at that point, but... Yeah, but they uh, weren't doing, like, audio calls and stuff like that on it. Yeah, 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 so he's still, like, a little bit perplexed about having computers. It's been a while since we've seen him tickle the mm-hmm. digital ivories, let's just say. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, you know, he, he starts to have trouble answering phone calls. Uh, mm-hmm. or, is there something I miss in between that? No, it's just he plays around with his desk stuff, but that's not important. See, because he gets a phone call, he doesn't know where to pick it up with, and then when he does pick it up, he doesn't know that it's coming from a headset, um, and, uh, yeah. He, he keeps putting the guy on, the, the guy calls and he has a tip, he suspects that, uh, he knows who is the pickaxe killer, and mm-hmm. Monk keeps, like, putting him on hold and writing down little details at a time, and in the middle of this whole phone call, uh, DeMarco comes in and breaks the news that apparently the mm-hmm. pickaxe killer, uh, has been found. Mm-hmm. Apparently some window washer saw him and flagged down a traffic cop. Um, his name is Richard Mathis. And, uh, yeah, you know, people can finally rest easy. 
Yeah. Um, uh, you know, honestly, at this point, I was kind of convinced that it was just going to be like uh, that that wasn't going to be the case, that it mm-hmm. wasn't uh, him. It wasn't going to be him. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, at this point, I kind of suspected that it was DeMarco. Yeah, uh, I mean, because the, the problem with shows like this is that if you if you introduce a character, odds are they're going to be involved somehow. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but yeah, so Monk is in a bar with, you know, his squad. Um, and, uh, you know, they're talking about how they found the murder weapon in the car. And, of course, Monk is drinking in ginger ale. Um, you know, uh, and... Uh, they... Uh-huh, what is that supposed to mean? What? Oh, because he's know. at a bar? He's... Yeah, because he's not... No, I'm saying because he's not drinking alcohol. I'm just pointing that out. There's no shame in drinking. He should have drank a cranberry juice. What, is he on his period? Sorry, I had to. I mean, it, you know, uh, it's, yep. you know, a bit of padded, whatever. Um, but uh, then when the waitress walks away, the two guys leer at her because they're disgusting. Um, even if they weren't cops, they'd still be pigs. Um, and they say, that's what, call, that's what you call a real woman. And Monk says, you can tell, no Adam's apple. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they give him a hearty guffaw at first, mm-hmm. and he says it again, and uh, not so much anymore. Yeah, definitely. The, the worst person to be around is the person who uh, says who like says one funny thing a year, and when they do, they keep repeating <laughs> Um, Guilty as charged. No, no, no. I'm not talking about people like you. You don't follow. I'm, I'm talking kidding. about people who are like legit, like completely socially oblivious, and it just yeah. I the pet people you try to you don't invite to events. Uh, anyway, so they bring up the guy at this press conference is watching on TV. They bring up the real hero, Mikhail Alvanov, um, who uh, saw the green station wagon circling on Jefferson Square when he was window washing. Um, you know what the yeah. weird thing is about this scene is on Prime, on Amazon Prime, um, for whatever reason, it keeps changing his name in the closed captioning to Manny Alvarez. Damn. Maybe? And I was just like, what the fuck? You know what? Either that's just someone being dumb, or they might have, like, written out as Manny Alvarez and then changed it sometime later. Because a lot of times they'll give the, the closed captions, a lot of times will be based off of scripts as opposed to uh, um, the actual transcript. Ah, okay. Well, but yeah, that that is that is interesting. Um, I actually don't watch the closed captions. Not that I I don't have anything opposed to it. I just am uh, you know I I because I read really fast and so I can I read the end of the line before the line's over and I hate that. Um, yeah. Anyway, um, so uh, yep. Apparently, he got a five hundred thousand dollar reward, um, and uh, you know they're like he's got to quit his job. And I, I, you know, obviously, I think we both would too if we got a five hundred thousand dollar reward. Um, to be I don't frank, know if, if I got, I would quit my job. I don't know if I, I would. Quit my job. Well, no, I would only. I think just because I have aspirations, things I would want to do. You know, like yeah, I would quit my yeah, job yeah. if I got like a fifty thousand dollar reward. I would quit my job because if I get to have an excuse to be able to like take a year off and work on other stuff, then I absolutely do that. You know, like it's not. Um, I'm really just. I joke. I joke all the time that I'm just looking for even like this. I want to, if I can somehow get income doing creative stuff to, like, live on, like, just barely eke out a living, I'll quit my job. Like, it's just, you know. Um, but anyway. Yeah, I think what I would do if I went 500K, I think I, okay, I might quit my job and then get, like, uh, like a not-so-serious job just to, like, pass the time and then mm-hmm. go back to school and then study for something that I'm interested yeah, in. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I think that there definitely are things that, like, yeah, if I didn't have passions outside of, like, you know, my job, I wouldn't immediately quit my job, but, like, uh, because I just wouldn't have anything to do all day. Um, I, w- I would just feel a lot more chill at work, I would just say that. Yeah. I mean, th- yes, because also, if I were to, 
there, and if even if I didn't, if I didn't have passions, I might quit my job and then do something like smaller or like you know maybe work for a nonprofit or something like that. Like so, take a job that I would take if it wasn't a money issue, you know. Um, but anyway, uh, and so uh, he he then Mikhail thanks uh, he gets a key to the city and he thanks everyone at Main Street Deli, um, and uh, then one of the other cops asks Monk how Natalie's doing because I guess they're aware of Natalie. Also, the one guy, uh, not Louis, the other guy is played by an actor who feels like he plays cops and like other guys who dr- eat pastrami and everything. You know what I mean? Isn't he? Um, isn't he the cop from The Dark Knight? Also? I'm sure. I'm sure he is. Yeah, I think he is, and he's just also a cop and everything else. I mean, he's just a cop and everything. Okay. Um, yeah. But, uh, yes, yeah, so shots to him. Um, but yeah, they mentioned that Natalie's working for the concert promoter, um, and then we cut to her, and she brings uh, her boss, Jim Paxton, who has a soul patch. Um, I know you clocked that. Um, <laughs> yeah. And uh, Soul patches are sick, bro. Okay. Yeah, I mean, why don't you go in then? <laughs> I mean, you just, need to uh, shave, you just need to shave some other stuff, and you, you have it already. You just need to shave the stuff around it. Okay, I just have to say, I, I'm going through that guy's uh, IMDb. His name is Jack McGee. Mm-hmm. He's from the Bronx. From the Bronx. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, I mean, there's a lot of cop credits for sure, but the funniest one is that he was some guy named Fat Lou in 2011's Drive Angry. It's Drive Angry 3D? Yeah, j- no, angry. Yes, yeah, it was, the, it was, the, yeah, 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 in 3D, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that was. Like, I, I didn't see that one. I didn't see that. Either. It was in uh, Nicholas Cage Amber Heard vehicle. Um, but anyway, um, so heard that. Yep. And so yeah, he brings in she. Natalie brings in some stuff for him, and she asks, he asks, "Have you heard the new Coldplay?" And uh, she says no, but he says that she probably should because uh, of who they're having dinner with that night. Uh, they're having dinner with Coldplay. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's it's so funny because, like, you know, Coldplay is, like, cool. I mean, they were fine for a while. Yeah. Um, they have some hits. Like, I don't most... hate them. But I, I didn't hate them back in the day. Yeah, but unfortunately, the only thing I ever think about once I hear Coldplay is that joke that you can't really say anymore from the 40-year-old virgin. Right. Yes, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's the first thing that always comes to my head when I hear Coldplay now. Yeah, they definitely, like, I they, I never was a huge fan of the music, but they just got precipitously worse. Uh, as the 2010s rolled around, um, yeah, and Chris Martin just kind of seems like he seems like one of those people who is like not a. If you were to hang out with him, you'd feel bad about saying you don't like him because he's probably really nice, but he's just probably so insufferable that you're like, I just can't. I don't like being around him. He's a really nice guy, but he just he sucks. Um, I mean, he was married to Gwyneth Paltrow at some. Point. Yeah, now he's with Dakota Johnson. Um, is he really? Yeah, they've been together for like honestly, like probably five years at this point. They've been together wow, for a while. Did not yeah. know that. Yeah. Uh, and she's great. I, I mean, she's one. It seems like one of the best celebrities alive. So that's why I, I guess that kind of gives some points. Clearly, he can't suck that much. Um, why? Because she roasted fucking Ellen. That like I just honestly just the vibes. Also, there's a bunch of other stories like that. You know, where she once confronted one of her neighbors about getting her pickup truck towed at like a Hollywood party. <laughs> um, you know, good stuff. Okay. You know. Uh, anyway, so apparently he has a private plane too, which just feels unreasonable. Private planes are completely. You got to be so rich for a private plane to be worth it. Um, that's, I think, one of the biggest misconceptions about famous, rich and famous people, is that, like, even, like, you know... Anyone could have a private plane? Yeah, I think people think that, like, if you're an A-lister, you can, if you own a private plane, but it's like, no, only, like, 100 millionaires own private planes, because it's so much upkeep and so much shit, like, it's just not worth it, you know? 
Yeah, it's like when you're like barely a millionaire and people always tell you not to get a boat because it's too much upkeep. It's like, you know what the joke is about boats? This is the thing you hear a lot in Florida. You, you know what the best two days of a boner's life are? When you take it out and when you cover it up? No, the day you buy the boat, the day you sell the boat. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay, yeah. I mean, isn't, that, isn't that such 50-year-old dad humor of like, hey, man, they, they buy the boat? That's like so, that's some Tommy Bahamas like humor. Mm-hmm. I mean, hey, I, I've... There's a Tommy Bahama restaurant I've eaten at in Florida, so I definitely know what you're talking about. Um, but no, I have an uncle who has the, a boat. Shouts, shouts to parrot heads. Oh, shouts to the parrot heads. Um, I could go. De- I could go. Pa- Anyone who wants to throw down with Jimmy Buffett deep cuts, I know a couple. Um, you know, I uh, yeah, definitely. I just uh, know cheeseburger in paradise, and that's about. I've it. been. I have been to the island that he wrote cheeseburger in paradise on and about. Yeah, I think we've discussed this. Yeah. I think we. It doesn't matter. It this is a hundred fucking episodes. We're gonna repeat stories. Um, anyway. Yeah. So, uh... Cuck. Yeah. And so, uh, then we cut to Louie and Monk going up to t- get, have their first, like, you know, interaction with someone as cops. It's Edith Capriani, played by, you know, Tony Sloop's wife, Brooke Adams, and her, I think, third or fourth Okay, parents. I was like, she looks familiar, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, she's reporting an attempted homicide. Uh, yeah, she's, uh, apparently, uh, the person that lives with her, uh, a Mr. Barton. He's been wilding out, and, um... Now, did you know this was a cat was... from the beginning? I knew it was going to be something stupid. I didn't know it was going to be a cat. Yeah, anyway, yes. She tried to suffocate her. Yes. And, of course, uh, they're not aware that it's a cat at first. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Doyle, his partner, uh, takes the coward's way out and basically says, Monk, you go in through the front and I'll take the back. And, you know, um, it's kind of jarring, again, to see Monk carrying the biscuit on him and, you know, uh, you know, having to Yeah, be don't the, let the anyone first, carry biscuits first out, in. you know. Um. Yeah. So, so he gets to the front door, and at first he tries the, the leg kick in. Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't work. Then he tries it with his shoulder, and then he tries a little bit more of a conventional method, which is, you know, turn the handle, maybe it'll just be open, mm-hmm. and sure enough, it is. Uh-huh. And doesn't seem to be anybody home, but there's a cat on the coffee table, and, you know, that's when Edith comes in and says, no, don't shoot him, mm-hmm. and turns out Mr. Bard is a cat. So then Monk, you know, he's kind of disappointed, and he looks out the window, and he sees the Berkman building which was the building that Mikhail says he was window-washing when he saw uh, the pickaxe killer, which is strange, you know? He, he, Monk clocks that in his mind. And then we cut to the gun range, where, of course, Monk is picking up the shells, um, yep. and uh, he has a thought about uh, Mikhail Alvanev. Yeah, he, uh, he thinks that there is no way that he could have possibly gotten the license plate because if you were looking, because allegedly it happened around 2.30 and he was facing the west or yeah. something. Mm-hmm. And at that point in time, the sun is out enough to like blind you from seeing anything from the seventh floor, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. And, um, and basically, you know, the cops are basically telling him to go fuck himself. Like, yeah, whatever. Like, the, it, it all adds up. It's got to be him. And Monk's not disputing that. He's just disputing the fact that there's no way that yeah. Al- Alvinov could have seen that. Exactly. And uh, they, they tell him to let it go, and he has a hard time yeah. doing that. And they say he's jealous because he didn't, you know, they didn't need him to solve it. Um, and, uh, yeah, so he like he says he's letting it go, but, of course, he obviously doesn't. And then we cut to uh, Mikhail. He's having a covert meeting. Uh, under in like a very at the secret... LA Col- at the at the LA Coliseum. Yes. Sorry, no, LA uh, Convention Center. At the LA Convention Center, he's having a covert meeting uh, with our friend Russell DeMarco, um, and uh, you know they're like they're not supposed to be seen together. Is the whole thing, but Mikhail throws over a bag, and you know that that means that some type of something nefarious is going on. You know what I mean? If you're throwing a yeah. duffel bag, something nefarious is going on. 
Yeah, or you guys are like racquetball. Uh, oh. No, what do you call that? What? Squash, squash, squash partners at the gym, and uh, you forgot your bag behind. Mm-hmm. Jesus, man, that's something that I that's that's a tax bracket I'll never be in. Is the, the racquetball tax bracket? Um, I mean, I don't know, man. They have that shit twenty four hour fitness. It's not. Oh, like that's that true. I guess that's true. I guess I'm thinking about the people. Whenever I think of racquetball, I think of like you know a CEO who like has like the the sweat guards on his arms and is you know. Wait, is racquetball the same thing as squash? Uh, they're the same. I think they're. In, played in the same thing, place, like they're played in the uh, squash. I think is definitely for rich people. But yeah, I think I think they're playing the same room. I'm not 100 percent sure what the difference is because I didn't grow up in that tax bracket. Because yeah, I think it's available for most. But people who grow up playing racquetball are not middle class. They're rich people. I mean, come on, let's not be okay. Uh, here we go. So the difference between racquetball and squash is the length of the racket and the size of the ball. Okay. Yeah. So squash they're playing the same. Squash are 27 inches or shorter, while racquetball have a max length of 22 inches okay okay um anyway all right so yeah they meet and uh then mikhail pulls out a biscuit of his own and uh he he puts some lead into russell demarco pumps him full of lead yeah something tells me he's gonna leave a demark on him oh man no, 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 no 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 the thing is the problem with that was that you didn't commit you know yeah 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 and so then we cut to the crime scene and uh yeah you know he He's a rookie, you know, Monk met him once. Everyone's pretty torn up, you know, one of our own. Take it down the line of fire. Um, but yeah, he apparently yeah. was heading home, and, you know, maybe he saw something. Uh, did he call it in? Like, Monk is immediately asking questions that no one wants him to ask. Yeah, like, Monk uh, <clears throat> suspects that there is some, like we said earlier, something nefarious going on, and <clears throat> he investigates the body <clears throat> and finds, like, a rolled up uh, newspaper. Uh, it's uh, like a, a newspaper clipping, clip. and yeah. it's yeah, and uh, it's for some dog, dog food, food and not dog. and not raw heroin. Yes, <laughs> correct. Uh, is that what it's called? Dog food is dog like food? okay. So I sent a text in a, a joke meme group chat where it was like a tweet where it was like the one of the worst times I embarrassed myself in front of a white girl is when her uncle said my uncle sells dog food, and I said, oh shit, that's terrible. <laughs> Um, but, and then I sent that to them and they're like, what is that? And I'm like, dog food slang for heroin. And he's like, why do you think I know that? And I'm like, I don't know why I know that, but it, it is. Um. I did not know. I've only ever heard H. Really? Oh, man, I've heard. I, you know, thing too is, I think that, I've been thinking a lot about, like, why I know so much dumb bullshit like that. I don't think it's that I know more than other people. I think, I'm not, sorry, I don't think it's that I hear more than other people. I think that I just always pick up on stuff like that and, like, put it in my mind, like, all right, you're going to save that back here, <laughs> you know? Like, I'm sure you've probably heard other euphemisms for heroin, but you just kind of let them go over your head, and I'm like, no, 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 dog food, that's funny. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Anyway, um, so, yeah, he has that in his hand. It's the shape of a dollar, um, so it clearly was, like, a fake payout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It seems like, yeah, he, it was used as a distraction. Um, and, yeah, unfortunately, our, our, you know, young Russell DeMarco is, uh, yeah, he's, he's dead now. I once cut up pieces of paper in the shape of money, by the way. It, uh, it's annoying. It's a tedious process. Because um, a, a friend of mine was doing a bit where, it was one of my older brother's friends, who's now one of my good friends. Um, he kept saying, because when he moved up to New York, he kept saying that whenever he saw me in New York, he, on the street, he was going to mug me. <laughs> And I'm like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> so then when I met him, I met up with him one day at a bar, and uh, he's, I knew he was going to say it. He's like, oh, Jake, I'm going to mug you. I'm like, you know what, David? You want to mug me? Here, take it. And I open up my wallet. I pour it out. And what I had in my wallet was 30 pieces of paper that are shape of money that all said, fuck you, David. 
I mean, that takes a lot of commitment. I'm it is a good bit. That did that. Good bit. In the Alice yeah. was four years ago, we still talk about it. Anyway, so yeah, Monk. Speaking of bits, speaking of bits, uh, his, Reeves has got. He's playing the most important bit that's mm-hmm. ever been played mm-hmm. in cop shows. Um, he knows that Monk is, mm-hmm. you know, suspecting that Demarco was involved in something, mm-hmm. and you know, he tries to put the kibosh on it. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna just keep saying kibosh. Um, and uh, he's telling him that, you know, this is a brother in blue. Like, you better be 100% sure. Mm-hmm. But basically tells him to fuck off. Yeah. Because blue lives matter. Exactly. That's the whole thing. You know, this uh, definitely doesn't make cops look good. And I'm happy about that. Um, so, yeah, you know, if you're not 110% sure, shut your face, he says. Um, and so then we cut back to Edith, who uh, apparently is Mr. Lawrence now, who came down for a visit because he wanted milk. Um and uh, Monk joking says, oh, you know, is he uh, from Persia? And no, he's from Burma. And uh, we see Mr. Lawrence. And is Mr. Lawrence a cat? <laughs> no, but I'm honestly surprised that he's Mr. Lawrence. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think that he's... He doesn't look like a Mr. Lawrence. But, uh, yeah, he's a crazy Burmese man. Um, Who throws, like, a chair out a window. Mm-hmm. And you're not for nothing. You technically would say he's from Myanmar now, but whatever, you know. Edith is probably not politically correct. Um, yeah. And so, uh, yeah. We then cut to, uh, Monk talking to Natalie on the phone, and it's very clear that they have, uh, nothing to talk about. That it was all, they, they, they don't have, the, the, you know what I mean? There's nothing there for them. Yeah, I mean, you know, they had, they, their job was, and, like, being around each other was, like, their main source of, like, common ground. Mm-hmm. Um, and aside from that, they're very different people, so, uh, yeah, I, I too would struggle. And... You know, they're both going, you know, they're both trying to pass it off as if they're happy in their mm-hmm. new roles, but yeah. it's pretty clear um, mm-hmm. that they're not. Yeah, so we cut to the funeral for DeMarco, and they're, uh, Stalmer and Dishore are looking for Monk, and they can't find him, but he's obviously there because the fruit salad's been separated, which, that's just a funny thing. It's joke. awake, it's awake, it's awake. Oh, wake, sorry, you're right, you're right, it was awake, sorry. Um, yeah. Uh, they go to the it's at, it's, at, it's, at, it's at their house, DeMarco's yeah. house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, so... I mean, usually when I fam- all of my families have ever had wakes have always been at the funeral home. But yes, you're right; it is the wake. Um, at- yeah, but but so like uh, yeah, so Sotomayor goes in and um, they're looking for Monk, and they're like, oh, we don't see him anywhere. But clearly, he's there because the fruit salad has all been uh, separated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just a great joke. Yeah, I like that. Um, yeah, and so they find uh, Monk in the bedroom, and he's you know talking about how they don't have a dog, and you know like the- he's really just like not giving up on this, um, and he didn't let it go. No. And they're telling him, like, you got to be airtight here, I mean, because he's a cop, you know. Um, and Monk finds in the drawer a passport application, a uh, thing for the Cayman Islands. You know, just a lot of suspicious shit. Um, and uh, then he goes up to the widow. And this is, like, this is actually just bad. Like, this is just, this is rude. I don't like this at all because she clearly has nothing to do with it, you know. Yeah. And also, yeah, also started... the crime that DeMarco committed is really not that bad. <laughs> No, like, in the grand scheme of things, like, he just, you know, saw an easy payout, and, uh, you know, he's, he, you know, who amongst us in the same position wouldn't try to come up with something yeah, like that? Yeah, it's it's not, truly, all he did was just, he, he it's like a minor fraud. I think it's probably a misdemeanor fraud. Like, he, he would lose his job, obviously, but, like. Right, the only way that this would have been reprehensible is in the time when he caught him. Yeah. And the time when they turned him in, if someone else would have yeah. died, then it would have been like, all right. Yeah, that would be a problem, but, like, it, yeah. Anyway, so he asks, you know, are you guys planning a vacation? He asks him questions, and he asks about offshore accounts, and then the other cops come over and are, you know, about to fight him. Understandably, like, just, just as this is, like, 
Yeah, time in a place. Time yeah, in a place. I don't care what he did. It's. I mean, this is the whole thing about Monk that he is unable to understand that the truth is not always the most important thing at every given moment. Yeah. 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 And Stummer takes him outside because he doesn't want him to get the shit kicked out of him. Which he surely would have. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we cut to Dr. Bell's office. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Dr. Bell is, uh, he's very excited to see Adrian mm-hmm. because he knows that, you know, this is something that he's wanted for a long time and, uh, and he wants to know all about it. And he asks him if he's happy. Mm-hmm. And Monk immediately starts overcommenting by saying, yes, you know, why wouldn't I be? It's what I wanted for years. Why would you ask that? You don't think I'm happy? Which, you know, is obviously what you say when you're over the moon. Um, and, yeah, right. Monk talks about how he's not happy at all. Yeah, he's not happy at all, and, uh, you know, nobody wants to work with him. He can't choose his own cases. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, this is when Dr. Bell tells him that he might have something called aspirational regret. Yeah. And uh. and man, and Monk comes upon the realization that he was actually happy before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, and that's the hardest thing, because this is the thing he's wanted his whole life, and, you know, Dr. Bell reminds him that, he's changed in all this time and the department has changed and it's really hard to go back to something when it's not how you left it. Yeah, exactly. And like that, he made his own path that like the, like I said, the idea of getting reinstated was more, it was clear the idea of being reinstated was more important to him than actually being a cop again. You know what I mean? That like, right. Cause even if you watch it, he's mostly talked about the idea of being reinstated because it's almost the reinstatement is about him being his ability to be normal reaffirmed he's not really like oh my god i just need to get back out on the street again and you know fight crime you know um yeah and so yeah uh he but monk's like i can't quit though you know because there's too much too much riding on it and i get that i understand why he would want to quit yeah no of course i mean he he got something and he you know it's a success and he doesn't want to fail at another thing Mm -hmm. yeah so then we cut back to uh monk sitting at his desk while the lights are all out and sam the janitor comes in and uh he's got a box and i can say it again monk uh, asks him hey sam what's in the box um and what's in the box and the the box has uh demarco's you know his desk got packed up uh so all of his stuff is in there and you know monk goes through it and he finds his uh citation book his logbook i think is that his logbook, but what was weird was that he said he didn't have a logbook earlier. I don't honestly, I don't, I, I don't think that those things are supposed to be related, but it's whatever. Okay, I would just say, all right, whatever. Um, and so he goes through it and he notices, um, I guess a page missing or something. Yeah. Yep. And, yeah, and so he starts to you know do that trick where you like go over the surface of what it was and it'll show you what. Was I'm glad that you had there. a hard time writing because I was trying to write down my notes and I'm like, how do I write that succinctly? <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like retracing? I, yeah, I where, no where you like, you lightly color over an indentation in a piece of paper to show what was written before. Um, and he sees that and he sees that the license plate that's written down is the same that Mikhail gave. Um, and uh, so um, we then cut to Monk meeting with Mikhail who is, you know, very friendly when he learns that he's a cop. He's like, my friends, you can join me upstairs. And it's okay for me to do this accent because the guy who plays him is not actually foreign, so he's doing an accent too. Um, uh, so, that was obvious. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and But he Monk's waiting for his partner, though. You know, uh, he's because he doesn't want to go up. He doesn't want to be there alone. Yeah, Doyle. And, um, and we see a little bit later on that Doyle basically has no intentions of meeting him no. up or he doesn't give a shit. Um, but yeah, so what's important to note is that um, Monk meets Mikhail at his job 
of he's about to take up he's about to go up on his uh you know uh, lift yeah the uh, scaffolding uh, lift thing or whatever i don't know scaffolding lifts to, to, to wipe windows down and um and monk basically lets it be known that he's the only one that has an idea yeah. of what he's thinking yeah because no he tells him he's gonna arrest him it. for murder because he knows russell oh, right because they were on the same softball team for main street deli um yeah right does he tell him yeah he tells him about it before or is it on the way up uh that's before um, cause that's why he decides to go up. Um, and cause then they're about okay. did, did you catch what address they're at? Uh, hold on. It wasn't Vinton. No, it was. It was, oh, 4, it was 5, Vinton. 415 Four, Vinton. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Um, um, I think I was mistaking it with the killer's address. Yeah. Whatever. And so, yeah, after, he, uh, Mikhail learns that no one else knows, he does the thing that you always do when you were trying to get away with murder. You hit the guy over the head. Yeah, right, exactly. And so, I mean, we at this point we know what it was, is that uh, basically uh, DeMarco found out who the killer was. Mm-hmm. And he knew that because he doesn't work, uh, that he works at the department, he can't claim the reward. So he needed someone he could trust to report it, mm-hmm. and then they would share the reward money, which was 500 k again. Mm-hmm. And so he goes to Mikhail about it, and uh, they agree to go through with it, and it turns out that Mikhail just wants all the fucking cash yeah. and basically, you know, DeMarco can go to hell. So that's mm-hmm. why he brought all that stack of newspaper clippings shaped in dollars to whatever, and then he was going to off him, and yep. he did. And, and so as this is happening, uh, Mikhail is taking Monk up a bunch of floors, and he's like recounting like, uh, third floor, you jump, you'll just break your legs. Fourth floor, you jump, you break your back. Oh, too late. Fifth floor, you know. He's really, honestly, he sounds like the main character in Grand Theft Auto 4. It's really what he sounds like he's going for. Um, uh, Nico Belich. Or cousin. I, honestly, I knew it was Nico Belich. I just wasn't going to say he sounds like Nico Belich. That's not, well, if we're going to do that. Cousin, it's your cousin. Let's go bowling. Um, who's, who's the, what's the name of the cousin? I don't remember the cousin's name. I didn't play the Roman. game. Roman. I didn't play the cousin that, I mean, I, sorry, I didn't play that game. I played five much more. Um, anyway, uh, so... You know, Mikhail's kind of mocking him. This is, it's so weird because this performance is so much not like other monk murderers because he's playing him like a cartoon villain, you know? Like he's like toying with him. In a way that thing is funny, it just, it was weird in this show though because most of the villains don't act like this. Right, it's been a while. Yeah. Um, And so, yeah, they get up to like the top uh, section and Mikhail starts, you know, because monk is still, you know, he's afraid of heights and stuff. And so he puts on like, I think like a parachute. No, he puts on a th- like a harness to because you, oh, when you, when you, like when you yeah when you work as a window washer you have to wear that or else you know you die. Yeah, um, if you're a pussy, yeah, uh, just kidding. Sure, <laughs> but yeah, and you're uh, like, you know accidents are common up here. Yeah, and so you know he starts fucking around with the thing, trying to knock it off kilter and get Monk to go over the edge. But Monk is proving resolute in this moment; he's staying on. Mm-hmm. And so Mikhail goes to uh, the controller thing mm-hmm. and starts, you know, lowering it in on Monk's one side. Direction. Yeah. yeah, on one side, mm-hmm. so he's gonna be come flying off. Mm-hmm. And Monk, you know, he uh, apparently he's been doing some pull-ups or something because he's hanging on for dear life. You know, he's 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 not only is he doing that, but he's also like leaving one hand dangling while trying You're to get the. Other. I would fact, not do that. You're completely missing the fact that Mikhail gives a Arnold Schwarzenegger and Batman and Robin level pawn when he says, "Thanks for dropping by." <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I didn't. I didn't. Just great that, stuff. Honestly. Great performance. Uh, but yeah, he then Monk ends up grabbing the the control panel thing too, and uh, evens it out, and then puts it to like so. Mikhail's falling now, and uh, they, yeah. they get in, like a tussle. Mikhail's on the ground, and uh, he Monk obviously doesn't have his gun because obviously uh, that was taken from him. 
um, and uh, when he was passed out, but he uses the one weapon he does have. Yeah, the truth. No, he takes out his badge and he stabs him in like his Achilles or something or his ankle. It, it, no, it, yeah, something like that. Um, and then he pushes him over, so he ends up hanging out on one side. Uh, and then he lowers it down. The other cops are there, and uh, you know he tells what happened. Yeah, and they tell him they give him a nice job, detective. And uh, Monk basically says that he's done. Yeah, um, he's he's through with it. He's a former, they, former, former detective. Right, and they're like, oh, are you going to turn in your badge? And he's like, it's actually in that guy's ankle, so yeah. go get it. Yep, so then we cut to uh, Monk signing you know, some papers, quitting. Um, and, uh, you know, like, what are you going to do now? He says, I'm either going to go home or brood or sulk. Um, and uh, Leaning towards brooding. Yep. And, but apparently there's a surprise for him outside the west exit. Yeah, so he goes down the west exit, and... Natalie Teeger is waiting for him, and she hears that he might have an opening again. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so she quit her job, you know, because Pax doesn't really need her. They give each other a hug, and Monk says, I pay $900 a week. Yeah, and apparently that's a pay cut, uh, and he's she's all pissed off about it. He's like, hey, I didn't fire you. I let you go or something but like no, that. But she's, like, he's, right. she, she's he says you quit, and then she says you let me go. Uh, and then, uh, you know... He says, Captain said there'll be a surprise. And it's like, I'm the surprise. And you sound disappointed. And he said, I thought it would be jo- might be Joey Heatherton. Um, so, you know. Who's it, Joey Heatherton? She again? was like a old classic actress that, you know, I think in the 50s was, you know, popping. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, and then the episode ends. What do you give it out of 10? I gave it an 8. I gave it an 8 as well. It's a, you know, fun romp. Uh, there's some good stuff with it. And it kind of closes this part of the show. Um, uh, Andre, when people follow you on Twitter? You could follow me at Andre Barrera. And you can follow me at the Jerry Christie. Please read, you subscribe, share the show with the biggest bunk fan in your life. And more important, speaking of closing stuff, later this week, we're going to be talking about Mr. Monk in the End, Part 1. Part 1, yeah. So, sorry, programming note, we're going to do it in two parts. Yeah, because it yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. So, tune in as we talk about Mr. Monk in the End, Part 1. Uh, let's get monkey. My only friend, Monkey.